In the summer of 2022, two podcasters reaching what they believed was the end of their journey through the Amityville film series, Journey to Texas, who will survive, and what will be happening in Amityville when they return. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat, and we are continuing our journey through Texas. Hell yeah! This time, Dr. Tongue's Texas Chainsaw in 3D! 3D! That's right. Remember back in the mid, like the end of the aughts, the beginning of the the tens or whatever, the teens I guess we call them, it was uh, 3D. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, your movie is fine, but can't we just upgrade it to 3D? Just add a bunch of things and, you know. Well, it was an exciting time because 3D really does help you reshape an environment and do different things as Avatar showed us with a pretty by the numbers week script that's been done before Dances with Wolves and Fern Gully they, he made the most successful movie of all time because god, the 3D really? environment it's number one still oh my god that's sad I believe maybe Avengers one of the Avengers beat it maybe. but it was a monster at the box office because sure. the 3D environments were so rich even without really playing depth of field as well as some of the stuff in the trends uh, I think I've said back when we did Amityville 3D um, like stuff like Drive Angry mm-hmm. or My Bloody Valentine yeah the Patrick Lussier uh, Todd Farmer team yeah. was really great for the 3D stuff yeah they knew you do stuff in claustrophobic areas and that way the entire environment reads it's not just a couple things popping out against a flat background like yeah. a lot of Avatar but Avatar took off and two things happened. One, people were excited about 3D like they hadn't been in years yeah. because the technology actually worked without the red-green headache. It was really nice. Like, you could just see the thing in the real colors now. Right. Um, combine that with... And, and digital projection helping immensely on sure. that. Um, the timing is not off on anything. But more importantly, there were two factors. One, upcharges. You can still be projecting a thing with the same, more or less, the same projector and all that. Um, But it's not prohibitively expensive, especially once the stuff's installed. Yeah. But you can charge a couple more bucks for every ticket, especially through opening weekend. And you can force people to see four screens of 3D or one screen with weird showtimes of 2D. You make more. Yeah. Number two, bootlegs. Bootlegs. In a movie theater, um. trying to record the screen when it's in 3D <laughs> gives you a blurred mess. <laughs> now people are pulling bootlegs off of the actual hard drives in theaters, so it kind of squashed it anyway. Yeah. But for a couple of years, that was their anti-bootlegging method. That's pretty good. It is. It like I mean, they had tried doing um, like watermarks on different reels back at the tail end of film and all that, mm-hmm. uh, but they could track where a bootleg came from and what theater, but they couldn't enforce a damn thing on it. Yeah. This just prevented it. <laughs> so we had this long trend of post-conversion sometimes on movies 
honestly, most of the 3D was post-conversion where they would process it after and just say, oh yeah, we're going to do it in 3D, even if it was never the intent of the filmmakers. Yeah. It wasn't edited or shot for yeah. it. And, and it, it shows. It's just, there's nothing there. You, like, after, like, five minutes of watching it, you don't even remember that you're wearing the 3D glasses or that the thing is even in 3D. It's just, it's yeah. not doing it. Yeah. The only time you remember it is when you take off your glasses for a second, like, to look at your phone because it's sketched out. Mm-hmm through the polarized lenses, but yeah. Um, 3D could have been a great thing if used well, but a lot, yeah, a lot of filmmakers just did not consider it when they were making their movie, and so you got a lot of bad experiences. Yeah, but luckily this is in 3D. We're not watching the 3D edition of it because... It's on Netflix, and Netflix didn't spring for it. Yeah. Uh, Netflix very briefly um, did 3D streams. Really? Uh, But you had to have it in certain areas with extreme... Uh, extremely fast streaming. Mm. So um, you had to... I forget what the baud rate was for your connection, but at the time, very few places had it. Mm. And even then, if your area had it, there was an upcharge if they offered it, knowing that it was there. So it was like very hard to come by. I think right now the only streaming service that actively has any 3D content is Shutter. Huh. Really? What do they got on there? That's um, they have. Mercifully, it's not Mad Guy. I haven't watched it yet. It's great, uh, but it's you know. It really like you. You feel the the not the lack of a narrative. You start feeling at like the exact halfway point of the movie, and then you realize, oh fuck, I'm only halfway through it. Gotcha. So you it's would... gorgeous. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing. Everybody should watch it once. What I'm hearing is edibles. No God. Oh, okay. No 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 no. Don't watch this under the influence of anything, cause it is it is messed up. Fair, all right, yeah. gotcha. Or, or okay, allow me to rephrase. Watch it the first time, sans anything, and then if you want to go back and do it, understanding you know. the trip I'm in for. Exactly, oh, you, yeah. you should. That that's that 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 way lies madness, sir. Also, Which Alex is? Cox is in it. Really? He is like the only like. There's a there's a like for all the stop motion and all the uh, special effects and everything. There are a handful of physical person performers, but the only one that is completely unencumbered. You see his face is Alex Cox, the director. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like. I looked it up and I'm like, well, that just made this even weirder. Uh huh. That's okay. It's great. It, like it's really it's an achievement of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. think it. I don't know that it adds up to anything at the end. That's fine. Honestly, a lot of stuff on Shutter is beautiful experiments. Yeah. Weird, like weird ideas. But it's a horror is a perfect genre for it. I mean, exactly. that's why we're doing oh. this podcast is to see a lot of these things. I've had a very I've had very good luck putting on the uh, the shutter live feature and just you know let's see what's on there and let's give it a shot like Absolutely. I wouldn't have put this on on purpose but now that I'm here let's take a look it's one of the few services that I'm happy happy to roll the dice mm-hmm. um, honestly to be as well yeah there's a lot of goofball stuff but uh, so back to the 3d one of the things that they have on there is a 3d found footage movie and I'm completely blanking on the name of it and I apologize found footage 3d uh, yeah I'm gonna I'll look it up while we watch the movie and I'll have it after the break but yeah it's now you have to listen to the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you want to watch a 3D 
found footage movie. Yeah. Which I actually would encourage. It was a lot of fun. Hell House? It was not the Hell House trilogy. Um, This is just a standalone, and the premise is that these filmmakers want to make a 3D found footage movie, so they line this location with the 3D cameras, Mm -hmm. and stuff starts going wrong, but they find a reason to put the 3D cameras in there and justify it, but also figure out and discuss how to shoot 3D within the project to be able to point out like some of what works and what doesn't and that there was thought put into it while critiquing a lot of A, found footage and B, other 3D movies. Fair enough. It's... It's, it's light and cheeky it, and it, it owns itself. It sounds meta in a bad way. It's the meta, way you're describing it. I'm probably I'm describing it not well then. It's, um, it's 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 just one of those. It's like one. I love it when a writer and or director did a lot of research on the thing and really wants credit for having done the research. And we're just going to put a lot of exposition. This, but then the the poking fun at is like oh. Well, th- this yeah, this basically that, that feels is the like, milieu of white male podcasters, sir. <laughs> We are the final arbiters about what is stupid or silly about a movie. Which I thought is why it was in our wheelhouse. That's <laughs> fair. That's completely fair. fair. Anyway, I, I, I found it to be a clever and enjoyable found footage movie. Right. And I've gotten kind of worn on a lot of them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But the other big thing is uh, this is also the installment, uh, installment of the... The Texas Chainsaw franchise, where we try to humanize our bad guys, there was like a, a like a trend that mercifully did not really get up off of the ground of re, uh, of visiting older established horror franchises and trying to find out well why were they like this and maybe there was something about them that you know it's not their fault. My favorite example of this is the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2009 installment, where half of the movie is set up as a murder mystery trying to figure out, solve the murder of Freddy Krueger and why he was wrongfully killed. Oh... The, you got the, these the two child kids. molester and murderer. Well, it's like the kids think the kids who were molested by this guy are running around getting in their parents' faces saying, You got it wrong. You killed you killed somebody that didn't deserve it. And you're terrible monsters. And then they get to the end of the movie, it's like, oh shit, he was murdering and molesting us the whole time, and now he's back in our dreams, and oh man, we should just always listen to our parents. And what was even better was, like, to throw it off even more, one of the main parents was Clancy Brown. So just like, ooh, mm. is he a good guy in this? Is he a bad guy in this? He's a yeah. guy in He's in a lot of He's things. great at playing both. But, yeah, yeah it, it's just like, it, it was like, there's that one. Um, and I mean, literally the last one we watched was, air quote, the beginning, but yeah. it didn't... It really didn't work to humanize them. It was just another... Let's use the characters, but we killed them, so we just have to set it beforehand. But it... Yeah. And it introduced a couple questions we didn't have. But it didn't go to any lengths to humanize. No, not at all, which Um, was weird. Yeah. But, like, there's been other ones where Um, it's like... I can think of two that like, Candyman, the human aspect of Candyman, that is a front and center thing. Right, that's there from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then and it actually like, continues strongly as a thread through the new one. That second one, they work together so well. Those two movies, it's incredible. Wait, the, the Candyman and the 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 more recent Candyman. The Candyman and the new yeah, one. Yeah, gotcha. and the new one. They they yeah. like it's something because like even though you have the characters in the new one that are. Uh, going at this like describing the story in from a different perspective they're not in like nothing about the first movie is being invalidated right it's just like well yeah this would look this way from this group but it could this also looks this way from this Mm. group yeah it was a very strong uh, yes ending of the premise while being able to go in a new direction yeah so good so good but anyway um two examples i can think of that worked for humanizing the villain Mm -hmm. psycho 2 Okay. Yeah. Uh, the premise of which, for those at home who have not seen it, um, basically Norman gets out of jail. We may have talked about it. On we the talked about this, I think, uh, like within one or two of these, which it was great because, like, if not for no other reason, for presenting mental illness as what it is. Right. It's an illness. It's a thing that hopefully you can get over, but it, mm-hmm. it's not a thing that makes you an inherently bad person. Right. You have a disease. Yeah. And in the original, Norman was a sympathetic character until you understand what's going on, and, he, and then you blame Norman as the killer when it's actually this other facet of him. This basically goes into, he thought he was innocent in the first place, so now he's out of jail He's served his time, but there are murders happening, and he's just as suspicious of himself as everybody else is, and it's it's an interesting story. Yeah. And again, it humanizes him. Uh, the other and luckily you have Anthony Perkins, who oh, his, that he who's can great. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other example would be the Child's Play franchise, the Chucky series, because Chucky, starting with the fourth one, pretty much became the main character yeah. instead of just the background villain who pops up here and there. Mm-hmm. It's about Chucky. His name is in the title, pushing through into the TV show that they've got now. Mm-hmm. And he's still the villain. Yeah, he he is. is still a murdering, evil character, but... He's not even an anti-hero. He no. is just the bad guy. Yeah. He is just... Gleefully murders. He is just the main character now. But you have also gotten character development out of him. You've seen him learn things, and you've seen him actually start to appreciate the other murders or murderers in his life. And you've seen him grow as a character yeah. over this series, which <laughs> is pretty unique in the in all of horror. I did love that moment in Bride of Chucky when, like, he finally they're they're finally at the spot where they can do the ritual, and he's like, you know what? No, I've had I've been I've been the dolls for so long. I just like being the doll. I like doing this. I am Chucky, the killer doll. Mm-hmm. And it's like good for you, buddy. Yeah. Now go 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 off and murder some more people, mm-hmm. little there's, fella. There's the great line in the TV show where the he's talking to the one kid and talks about his son or sorry, son daughter Glenn yeah. Glenda. Uh, but says, you know, my kid is trans. And the kid's like, oh, well, you seem pretty okay. But he's like, look, I'm, I'm not a monster. <laughs> like, here's this doll that has murdered so many people. Yeah. But definitely the line is, but oh, no, but they're, they're assholes. Yeah, but not because they're yeah. trans or anything. He yeah. just thinks every person is fair game for murder. Yeah, he's he's not a turf, though. No, he's dope. Oh, oh, no. In this regard, I mean, Chucky is still more likable than, say, J.K. Rowling. I mean, I think in a lot of ways he's probably more likable well, than J.K. Yeah. Rowling. 
I need to watch that first season. I, I know I'm still. Oh I'm wow! Bad. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's I know so good. I'm bad. It's one that. of the better entries in the franchise. But what else? We got like, uh, what was it the, the Halloween Part Six? I think tried to explain that it wasn't necessarily explain, but not humanized. They never okay. tried to make him sympathetic. Yeah, he was just under the control, and there's a bigger oh, conspiracy. It's the Rob Zombie Halloween. Oh that, yeah, no, that really yep, tries yep, to yep, get you. Yep. Okay, like. I'll get you on Michael's side in very loose terms. Like, he, he... The whole first half of that movie is the secret origin of Michael Myers, and you're supposed to sympathize with him. Before he goes degree. and does the evil things he did that we're so yeah. scared of in the first place. Yeah. That, it, that movie has problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're spending all of your time sympathizing with the villain before he goes on his villain spree. And what are we supposed and, to do now? But you're also for that entire time completely ignoring every character you're supposed to be worried for in that what amounts to the final act yeah so you don't get to know Laurie Strode or any of her friends so why do you care about anybody but Michael who is doing the evil things it completely misses what horror is supposed to make you feel yes but at the same time may I confess I really like those two Rob Zombie Halloween movies and here and it's the the reason why is ironic for me or anybody that knows me I don't particularly like realistic portrayals of anything mm-hmm. and by realistic I mean for real realistic or the quote unquote realistic like I adore the Chris, Christopher Nolan Batman movies but at the same time I don't like them because he is trying to present a realistic version of mm-hmm. the character it's and this too is grounded why, for something fantastic and this is why the third movie crashes into the fiery wreck that it is. What, like, your point is valid in terms of good horror movie terms. Uh, Laurie Strode and her friends do not, because we spend so much of the runtime with Michael and his family, we don't get to really learn about them. At the same time, I kind of love how at the end of the movie when Michael is destroying everything and Laurie is just this catatonic ball because you know what in the real world people don't would not rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. she would not be like Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode is the greatest babysitter ever because she is at every single moment get the kids to safety move Mm -hmm. everything away Laurie Strode is just trying not to die and if the kids live great and then this theme is continued even further in the second one where it turns out yeah no stuff like this happens and then people don't become better for it like Loomis is so much worse than these movies it's mm-hmm. but like in a really interesting believable way yeah which they um that they, said I can't recommend them at all because, oh no I, uh, they're, everything you've heard about them that makes them terrible is also accurate. I, I very much dislike them. You're not wrong. Yeah. I would never argue with people. Yeah. I, I am even forgiving on some of the other timeline Halloween sequels. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> but like, like Loomis goes more crazy in the original yeah, thread. Um, by part five, he is just completely unhinged. I should have sex. <laughs> he's yeah. He's he's broken. He's trying to kill the four year or the eight year old girl. Yeah. It's he's like, okay, she stabbed her mom. Spoiler alert for a movie that's thirty years old. Yeah. Uh yeah, she stabbed the mom, but you know, temporary insanity and stuff. It's not she's not infected with a curse, you right. fucking idiot. But he is come to experience oh, yeah, evil no. as that. Yeah. Yes. So you watch him go off the rails and then 
jumping past the, uh, H2O and Resurrection, but to the modern Halloween, yeah. that Laurie is completely fucked up from that night. Yeah. She yeah. Actually, yeah, that is a lot kind of in keeping with the Rob Zombie approach of like yeah. this would be this would be scarring. who she is at this yeah. point and I feel like in that situation it's still about her as a character not just oh and here's this girl who's completely traumatized yeah. at the end of the movie it's about you know being a survivor and ultimately survivor's guilt on a lot of things mm-hmm. not just with her but with people all around the town oh, and how much how much these things can really affect people. Uh, but it's not humanizing the villain. And no, that, it is not. That is where we hit trouble. Well, what about uh, Hannibal Rising? The Hannibal Lecter prequel movie. I forgot that existed. You're not wrong. The actor that played him died this year. Oh. That uh, Gallard Uspiel or something, the, the guy with the, uh, the birthmark. On mm. his face. Yeah, he passed away this year. He was supposed to be in something. Hmm. Or he was filming... I think he may have been filming one of those Game of Thrones things when yeah. he passed away. Even that is an example. Hannibal, the TV series, does it's, present him as a more rounded... Yeah. And, like, you know, thoroughly there, explored character, but it doesn't try and make him no, there's, sympathetic. There's still not a word for what he is. Yeah. <laughs> but sympathetic absolutely is not it. No. I'm kind of on his side a lot of the times in that show. I love him so much. Can, I love that show so much. I love that it's show, a great show so much. It's so good. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. He does, no, they don't make him... They they don't try to get... They don't present him as the wronged party, which uh, a right. bunch of these movies do, and this one does, <clears throat> and it is... Patrick has never seen this. I yeah. saw this in the theater, and uh, it's going to be... Hilarious. So we're going to watch that now and then we'll be back in just one moment. Unless you've got something more. You look no, I was just going to look up. I was trying to remember what I needed to look up. I'll uh, do that off air. <laughs> Man, I still don't know what that movie is trying to be. Um, I mean, as we've kind of pointed out, it was being a uh, part of its time. It was being what horror is at that moment, and yeah. I think it did capture it. Um, but yeah, but but what is, what is whose side are we on in this movie? This it was doing. Uh, what year was Freddy versus Jason? Two thousand three. So it was a long gap. I was a ten year <laughs> jump, but I feel like it borrowed heavily from Jason. Was really just avenging his mother mm. in Freddy versus Jason. He was. Simple child, family tragedy, going for revenge. Okay. That's what they were doing with Leatherface here. Um, the main girl... Heather. Yeah. Finds out all this stuff. Um, we, we, we can go over, like, beat by beat in a minute, but yeah. just big concept. She finds out through investigations and happenstance all of this stuff about how she is a part of this fa- the original Sawyer family. Yeah. Um... Through a p- series of events that definitely sympathizes her with Leatherface and with her murdered family, air quote, because of all the newspaper headings and all of the, all of the everything that went on, mm-hmm. she gets to see the side of the story that puts her on Leatherface's side and therefore us. 
and we see that the town is full of shitbirds and rednecks, which it's not to say that they're the good guys. They are also no. bad guys. They're just not a cannibalistic serial killing family. Everybody's bad. <laughs> it's just like There's, by the end of the movie, you're, yeah, you're, you're you're siding with Heather and Leatherface, yeah, but it's like. Yeah, they were wronged, quote-unquote, but they had been murdering and eating people prior to their being, yeah. you know, their lynching. Yeah. Leatherface had very specifically been killing people. We saw it. We saw it in the flashback footage at the beginning. He a murderer. Yeah. So, But don't murderers have rights, too? And arguably, yes, and seeing a cop that... Sort of, kind of turns a blind eye um, towards killing off the townspeople who did the original lynching. I mean, yeah, they didn't listen to him when he didn't want them to do it in the first place. Yeah. Like, he might be that the cop might be the only good guy. The cop might be the, the sheriff. Only good guy. Sorry, yeah, the, the sheriff because there are other the cops. Guy. Yeah, and some of them are dipshits. Some of them are actually evil. But yeah, the sheriff might be the only air quote good guy in the movie. Because everyone else does something at some point. Yeah. Um, this movie's ridiculous. It's, right. it's totally ridiculous. So, but it does. The one thing you can say for certain, it does love the original movie. Oh God, yeah. Um, lots of cameos from folks from the original and from the second one. Bill Mosley stepping in. Yeah, for uh, Drayton Sawyer. Yep. Um, but you have the original grandpa is back playing, reprising his role as grandpa. Mm-hmm. Gunnar Hansen is there as some kind of unnamed uh, Sawyer. Yeah, an elder Sawyer who's in the house with them. Basically, the first movie has ended. Sally Hardesty got away. Now the cops are swarming the house. Which um, looks like the house. Yeah, like it's they they it's did, dead on. Yeah, they did a lot of like work. There's like the 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 swinging love seat. The uh, the first floor window is still busted from when Sally mm. jumped out of it. But yeah, it's the, like the day, like either the same day or the day after. It's the next day because the original takes it place ends, August eighteenth, yeah. right? And they right, make right, right, a right. point of the newspaper is August nineteenth. Yeah, with all the headlines and the gate passcode is August nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now nah, you're right. So yeah, it's yeah day after um yeah the recreations of all that the cameos they got uh mimicking a lot of the camera work from the original Mm -hmm. uh, especially towards the beginning but throughout um getting the camera noise right that it was a camera Mm -hmm. when they did yeah uh, when they're taking the initial crime scene photos it loves the original in an attentive way not in a claiming to and totally getting it wrong when you do no, no. There's, there's bad homages like, in play. Yeah, no, this it's, is loving and competent. Right. Like, in in, in the filming of it. Yeah. The actual story is just bizarre. So, it's like the next day, uh, or it's the same day, rather. It's, um, Sally's gotten away. The cops are, like, the sheriff has shown up, and she he wants Jedediah Sawyer, who, mm-hmm. that's is the name we're going with for Leatherface this yeah. time around. And, uh... 
He's barely started negotiations with Drayton Sawyer, played by Bill Mosley, chopped Top from uh, uh, Part 2, when a uh, lynch mob shows up and they demand mob justice. Mm-hmm. Mob justice they get. Yep, they, uh, the sheriff's telling them, no, 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 let's do this by the book, let's do this by the book. Sawyer family's not firing. Mm-hmm. And then somebody throws a Molotov cocktail through the window and they mm-hmm. start firing and so just, yeah, mob justice. And even Gunnar Hansen was like arguing for giving up Leatherface. Because yeah. Go what get the your hell brother. Else are we gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Which yeah. is their way of basically separating Leatherface from the family getting um, yeah. butchered down. Yeah, Leatherface manages to escape because of course he does. But also uh, Loretta Sawyer and her uh, four month old baby mm-hmm. escapes only to be uh, she gets Loretta, the mother, gets murdered. Uh, like later in the evening and the baby gets stolen by uh, two of the mob just two of the yeah, lynch the millers mob. the millers yeah yeah they then raise the baby as their own their own uh, this is at, at different points it feels like they're trying to reveal it except that you know like you just know the whole movie yeah um, so every time they do, oh my God, that's the daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you're catching up with the rest of us. Yeah. But, you know. The joy. Yeah. It's not a twist if, the, if it's only being revealed to the characters. But yeah. that said, um, yeah, she they're has, not being smug and shy on Milan about it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like she's got this, uh, what she thinks is a birthmark. It's this uh, half-burned S on her chest from uh, where the Sawyer family necklace, which we all remember from all the previous installments of the film series they all wore, um, uh, got uh, heated up from the fire and then mel- and uh, burned Heather. And so she's mm-hmm. got this birthmark. Yeah. Now, if you want to know what it really looks like as a necklace, go back to every previous episode we've gone at length to describe what it looks like in each film individually Um, and I know we were planning on doing some uh, 3D renderings of it Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the website yeah Yeah, for the website yeah I think it's going to probably be our version of an NFT exactly exactly it's so stupid (laughs) whatever it's the Um, cheapest looking pewter necklace that they're all wearing it's mm -hmm. so silly but it's going to be important later for the plot yeah. And uh, so Heather uh, ironically works in the uh, the butcher section of a supermarket with her uh, one of her uh, her best friend slash coworker. Uh, did we get her name? Did we get any of the people's names? We did, but I don't remember. That's fair. Um, but her best friend is a slut, uh, as evidenced by her blatantly throwing herself at Heather's boyfriend and. You know, succeeding most of the yeah. time. Well, she's throwing herself at the boyfriend. The, like, talks to Heather about how she's, you know, she's a big fan of the guy and she's gonna go for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's played off like ha ha ha. And then Heather talks to the boyfriend, who's also like, yeah, I made her some crepes and yeah, she's been kind of all over me and like, um, but yeah, we're the couple. Yeah. And then. The girl goes after him actively, and he gives her the no, no, cut this shit out. Admits they've done something before. Oh, yeah. But is like, nah. And then she later offers him some tequila, and they just go for it. Yep. 
We're jumping around a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. It's honestly, they don't have a huge amount in the movie to do, no. so covering their story at once. Yeah, like, uh, like Heather has an actual story. Everybody else is there just to be slasher movie fodder. Yeah. That couple, they don't they don't go so well. And, uh, and the girl has a boyfriend. The other girl. Right. Um, her boyfriend is there to basically just be picked off early on in the house. Yep. yep. Um, they pick up a hitchhiker on the way into town. Well, we, we skipped over. Heather gets, oh, sorry, uh, yeah. Heather gets a, a letter saying that um, she is actually the descendant of this other person who is bequeathing a house and all these riches. And thus, you know, she has to confront her parents about it. And her parents, oddly enough, are redneck trash. And uh, then she packs up. Uh, with her friends and drives down to Texas or drives down to New Texas. I guess they were in Texas. No, they weren't. They crossed the border into Texas, I believe. Okay. Um, when on the road trip, right? I'm pretty sure I remember a "Welcome to Texas" sign. Yeah, unsure where they were. Right. But uh, it is nice that they all get into a Volkswagen van, mm-hmm. and I like that. Like we uh, have the road trip that we're, we're you know doing the road trip and doing the road trip, right amount of people, pick up a hitchhiker, Volkswagen mm-hmm. van. Like again, echoing the original without just feeling as much like a blatant ripoff as some of the others. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they pick up a hitchhiker, and then they find the house, and uh, they're introduced to. Uh, uh, Verna, the dead, the the dead grandmother, uh, her lawyer Farnsworth, who is another Texas resident that has no Texas accent, none whatsoever. And oh, I looked up his name. Oh, he, uh, he's from Office Space, isn't he? He's from Office Space. Uh, he's the jump to conclusions. Matt it's guy. a jump to conclusions, Matt. What is so hard to understand about this? Uh, he was on Grounded for Life, I believe. Um, wait, there we are. Richard Real. Sure. Um, but you, yeah, he's you've one seen of those him guys. A, you've seen him in a ton guys. of things. He's basically, like, he's good. I mean, he's been good in plenty of things. He's been funny or, you know, he, but every time I see him, I think I would probably rather have seen Brian Doyle Murray in this role. I mean. But it's Brian Doyle Murray, so. That he would cost more than the entire movie. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, that's unfair. This movie does not look cheap. Oh, it doesn't look cheap at all, but it's Lionsgate. That's also another thing, uh, dating it, or like for our little time capsule thing. Since it's the uh, the early teens and it's horror, it's Lionsgate. Because, by and large, they were the only game in town, really, at that point. They were dominating at that point, for sure. Um, in part because of the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. And they give a nice little Saw cameo. Um, there's a scene with a town carnival. Yeah. And outside of the haunted house, or out of the haunted house, runs the pig head mask. Yeah, uh, yeah, but on a kid, uh-huh. and who pumps into Leatherface and basically looks up scrambles. That's right. There are many imitators, but there's only one saw. Yep, the chainsaw. That's the motherfucking chainsaw. I do love the Saw movies, even though John Kramer is the most hypocritical. Lun- I mean, it's almost as if he's a lunatic that has a brain tumor that's making his brain not work well. That checks out. <laughs> but so they end up there. They get into the house, and uh, it's palatial. It's lovely. And uh, this is the third time I've seen this movie, and they finally, like, I finally noticed there is, like, a minor 
plot detail that explains why they have so much money. Because we find out that the Sawyer family is also intertwined with the Carson family that, you know, we've never heard of before in any of these movies. It's fine. And um, later in the movie, you see a map of Newt, the town, and the surrounding area. And off to the west of Newt is the Carson oil fields. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, that explains the money. Yeah. Came from somewhere. Cool, cool. Yeah, which I, I appreciate it. Like, I they didn't draw attention to it. It's like, yeah. oh, that's why there's so much money. And yeah, like, even though it does kind of take away from the whole, the meatpacking plant closed and it's killing the town. Well, that's the Sawyer family. That's the Sawyer family, but the families are aligned. Um, so, some confusion plot-wise. Heather finds out that she was adopted. Yeah. Um, she gets this letter that she's inherited this house, the Carter house. Carson. Carson, sorry. The Carson house. Um, because of her grandmother, she herself, she describes herself as a Sawyer. Yeah. She's a stolen baby. Mm-hmm. There was not legal paperwork because if there was legal paperwork, that would mean that the town knew where the baby went where it was raised, by whom, and the newspaper and some of the police reports even say baby missing presumed dead in the crime reports. So the fact that she has legal paperwork, mm -hmm. that she has inherited this stuff as the granddaughter, what? It's sneaky lawyer shit. I will take your word on that. No, no, you can do... You, you could register a lot of stuff on the QT and not make it that big of a deal, especially if the Carsons... If uh, the Carson side of the family has the money that they're pretending that they do. Because they, they do make it a point that Verna never lost track of her, but she thought it was safer uh, for her to not be known that... It was safer for Heather that the town did not know that she had survived. Right. And she does... That's the thing is, there was definitely a cover-up. It's just that the legal paperwork saying granddaughter... Well, it doesn't need to say granddaughter, because it's a will. I thought that's what put her on the path, was that she found out she was adopted and it was her grandmother. Well, yeah, but the, you're saying, your point is how did the town not know about her? Kind of, yeah. Like, how was... The, so, Verna knows about her doesn't mention it to anybody in the town but she can specifically name who she's bequeathing all of her wealth to and it and doesn't, the, it doesn't uh, you know if, what? It's, if it's a will it doesn't it's not passing in test state it doesn't you don't need to know the relation of the two people now, she's naming him. Which, okay, when she talks to the lawyer in the one scene later on after she's found everything out, he does say that Verna told me yeah. all of this and even introduced me to Leatherface, yeah. who she's been keeping hidden in the basement, by the way. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so the lawyer knew, and lawyer could include it in the letter without it being part of the legal paperwork. Oh, no, it's in the legal paperwork. It's just you don't have to name what the relationship is. The legal paperwork says, I leave everything to Heather Miller. Right, but she was told at the beginning of the movie, my grandmother left me this house. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The lawyer knew and put it in a letter, but not the legal yeah. paperwork. I was having trouble with it. Right. Uh, now, okay, now, now I got it. Now I got it. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. So we get to the house, and uh, 
or hitchhiker guy who's from Louisiana for no particular reason. Or he has a Cajun accent that yeah. you notice sometimes, but not most of the time. Says, uh, you know, we need to celebrate. You guys go get some food and I will cook it up when you get back. You should leave, all four of you get in the van and go into town and leave me, random dude who is hitchhiking that you just met 12 hours ago, in, in your house all alone. Oddly enough, he starts ransacking the place. Mm-hmm. Stealing all the silverware, all oh, the dishes that aren't, you know, super breakable, because you don't want to throw fine china in a pillow sack. No, it's yeah. it's not going to work as well. But yeah. so, in making his way through the entire house, he makes it down to the wine cellar and finds a uh, familiar-looking sheet metal door. Mm-hmm. And he really tries to get in there, and it doesn't work. But then he turns around, and guess who's there? Unceremoniously, Leatherface. Yep. Played by, uh... Oh, man, I wrote it down and I lost it. Never mind. Uh, it's all good, but yeah, Leatherface just whacks him with the mallet. Um, so it's kind of an inversion of the original metal door scene. Here's the metal door. What is it? Instead of it opening, it's just from behind. And yeah. But then gets him on an on-screen face smush that's pretty rough. Special effects by... Uh uh, Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, so they yeah. were all top-notch. Oh, all, yeah. All the gore effects were great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Hitchhiker. Dean Yeager. Okay. Leatherface, which, awesome name. Not to be confused with Dean Yeager uh, from Hey, Dean Yeager. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He, he was... Uh, this is... So, because it's um, a sequel, this kind of beats the uh, David Gordon Green Halloween movies to having the uh, pushing 60 years old slasher movie. Yeah. The old man Loganing. Yeah. The... Oh man. Oh god, now I'm not gonna I'll, I'll tell you about something off, uh, off, off the air. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, we get off topic, but we don't sometimes I you do, don't know how off topic we get. I don't want to quote another podcast's idea on our podcast even if I'm giving them credit. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, old man Leatherface old is still alive, living in the basement. And he's living in the basement. He's in a locked room. Mm-hmm. And there's like a plate of empty food outside of his door. Mm-hmm. And we know, uh, if it hasn't been mentioned at this point, it's mentioned later that like. Uh, Verna died four months prior to the events of the film. So mm-hmm. it's like, has Leatherface been eating? Um, I think he had been because he was outside of the room. Yeah. So he hadn't been locked in the room okay, the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had opened her grave and stole the body and put it in the chair. Yeah. Kind of um, Ed well, Gein slash was, uh, Norman Bates style. Yeah, it was kind of like confusing what the actual setup is because they make a big deal about how there's, you know, a lock to the wine cellar mm-hmm. with this Dragundo key. But like, how much he can move in and out of it. Yeah, it was kind of okay. weird. And maybe the lawyer also was letting him out or feeding him, because the lawyer was aware of him and yes, had met was. him. Yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, that poor guy. Who lives? He lives through the movie. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. But so, uh, yeah, Hitchhiker guy gets whacked, like, in the head, mm-hmm. and then he disappears from the movie for, like, a good half hour. Because this movie, like, kind of doesn't want to... Like, it wants to be gory, but it doesn't want to just be gory. Right, it, it takes its, its breaks. Yeah, it's kinda, it's oddly paced. Um, but yeah, then... Um, 
they get home, they realize that the place has been ransacked, mm-hmm. and um, the best friend's boyfriend goes to goes, cook. Yeah, goes to cook, but then goes down to the basement, um, just looking around. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he looks enough down the steps, basically sees Leatherface, who chases him up the steps, gets him in the back with a hook, drags him down. Good shot. Yeah. And that's another one out. Um, and then we don't see them for a good while. Yeah. But so Heather is wandering around, and she goes upstairs and sees a bunch of pictures that makes her really start suspecting, oh, maybe I am related to these people or something, which is like, this is... Like, it's shot with... Like, it's presented as if she's discovering clues to a mystery, mm-hmm. the answer to which she's already been given flat out before... The events of even in started. several ways. In several ways, we'll get to some of the biggest. But like, one, I think, she, the tail she end. sees like a big picture of of her mother, and it's shot very eerily with like the superimposition mm-hmm. of, of like her face on the reflection. But and one of those eyes sees, follow you around the room kind of scenarios. Yeah. So like both of them are kind of looking at us in three D. Yep, and um, we see the necklace again, and then she... That's when she recognizes the necklace. That's when she recognizes the necklace. And then she uh, looks over in Verna's room and sees Verna. The dead body is, like, uh, just kind of slumped in front of a chair. And she goes running out to find her friend and her boyfriend, not knowing that they're already in the horse stables banging. Uh-huh. But then Leatherface is there, and Leatherface, much like uh, you know the Country Bears, does not like that there's somebody in his house eating his porridge. Yep. So Leatherface gives all gives all three chase. Um, like she base Heather basically oh, is like, man. we need to get the hell out of here. Oh, but first, like it's Heather, she, he's chasing Heather on her own, and she's doing some really great slasher movie. There's nothing there, and now I have fallen on my face. She trips over about a foot tall wire. <laughs> like I call it a fence, but it's like it's an like, enclosure, like a go a fence that you would put around a very short garden to keep rabbits out. It, it's like it's like a fence. Around a duck pond, kind of. Like, yeah, it's nothing, and then it's like yeah. she just, but she just face plants, eats it, like and eats it hard, like um, uh, the kid at the beginning of Kingpin, if you know that one, mm-hmm. um, like full on face plant, <laughs> then keeps running. Leatherface is able to hop it like, um, and like, he, like a champion horse. Yes, and, and he and he ha- he's like sixty. He's got a chainsaw, and he still has the limp. Like, he has the injury from what he got at the end of uh, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which Mm -hmm. they're consistent with the limp, and he has no problem. This is also after... And before that, she fell down the uh, the brick steps outside oh, the yeah. house, and that yeah, was just, clocked her knee. She's like. in these high heel clogs, and they are doing her no good. Yeah. Um, but so then she hides in the uh, in the open coffin, and we get a lot of good three D. The chainsaws coming at you stuff, and then finally the boyfriend and the. Uh, uh, the uh, jerk best friend hears something. Yeah, this is when we actually confirm that they did anything. The last we saw him, she presented him with alcohol and her semi-nude body. Right, and then we cut to all these shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Then the two of them are coming out of the barn, dressing up, and yep. they just see guy with a chainsaw over in the cemetery. It's hey, a- hey, you! What are you doing? Hey. Oh shit, we probably shouldn't have done that. 
It's a really great shot because, like, the, it's like the camera is like right next to the 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 boyfriend and the best friend, and they're looking at Leatherface like fifty yards away, and then he's got the chainsaw, and you just see his head lo- like bolt up and then cock to the side, and then he starts going, gets out of the grave, and mm-hmm. starts running after them. It's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh no. shit, oh god, yeah, we made we yep we we made a mistake. They lock they barricade themselves in the wooden uh, horse stables. And once again, as per Texas Chainsaw Massacre rules, uh, Leather is Im- like at first confused as to how to circumvent the wooden door. Mm-hmm. But then, quickly enough, he re- remembers that he is who has a live chainsaw in his hands. But chainsaws, for his work, have always been meat-oriented. Who knows if they can go through wood? If I'm at home and I'm using a deli slicer and I realize that I need to even out a chair, I'm not going to use the deli slicer in one of the chair legs. I don't know if it's going to be able to cut wood. Is it cuts meat? Wasn't that like in... Was, that was on an episode of Seinfeld, wasn't it? Was like, it? Wasn't, didn't Kramer have a deli slicer and he was just using it on everything? There's some sitcom I saw where like somebody was like doing yeah. music on other shit. That sounds very Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. But um so and to their credit, like uh, after they barricade the door, boyfriend grabs a metal shovel, best friend grabs a shotgun out of the pickup truck that was just there. Cause mm-hmm. Texas. Yep. And I mean, pickup trucks with shotguns in them are all over Texas. They're kind of like uh, beatable trash cans with food all over a lot of New York neighborhoods and or bad dudes. Yeah, it was like, it would have been weirder if there wasn't a loaded shotgun in the back of the truck. Yeah. But, so, she gets one shot off and uh, as Leatherface is getting ready to make like another attempt to get in, uh, Heather bursts through in the Volkswagen bus. Yep. And then they try to escape and then stupidity ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, so they blast out. Um, they get out in front. Wait. So, to, so, oh, but, yeah. But, so, so the boyfriend is driving the van. Right. They're, yeah. they're approaching the automated gate, and Heather is screaming, Stop. Stop, 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 stop. stop. Let the gate open. Let the gate open. We don't have time for the gate. There's no time. Smash. No. Gates are there for a purpose. Yeah. This is not a movie, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You can't just drive through and run over the gate. Luckily, they did not say that line because you know how much that bugs me. We're not bad. in a movie. Shut the fuck up, you are. Yeah. That's a sick. God, help yeah. me if you use first-person narration. Yeah. You're never going to convince the audience that it's not a movie they're watching. Yeah, it's done. It is a movie. You have just reminded them. Anyway, they don't do it. They just are yeah. like, don't do it. It's a gate. Smash. Engine stalls. Happily, the gate does open. Yeah, they managed to get the car started enough to back up, let the gate open, blast through, take one of the mirrors off, get out front. It kind of half stalls again as they're turning. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, the car was still stalling periodically because of the damage. Um, Leather takes out one of the tires. uh Uh-huh. They drive away anyway because <laughs> tire is not the whole wheel. And so the van is taken off down the road, sparks shooting off of the tireless wheel, uh, the, rim. Uh, the rim. 
and then just goes up on two it and just, over on its side, and it's a cool shot. It just tips over. Like, we do no close-ups. It's all just in one shot, and it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, you're just, like, foreground is Leatherface watching the van take off, kind of like, oh, damn. But, like, yeah, you just see sparks shooting, sparks shooting, sparks shooting, flip. Oh, fuck. It's kind of like in Hot Fuzz when uh, Simon Pegg pitches the uh, the spray paint can at the uh, shoplifter that's getting away. It's oh, yeah. like, oh, oh mm-hmm. no. Yeah, with but, a little touch of uh, Jason Lives, the RV oh, flipping. Yeah. Oh, my God, Jason yeah. Lives. But anyway, very, very no. cool shot. Very, yeah. Um, Leather catches up. Boyfriend has been destroyed by this. Oh, yeah. Thing. A car accident actually killed a person yeah. in a movie. Well, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I mean, none of them really were. But it, like, like for all of our complaints about the Jeep roll recently, yeah. this actually took that into account and did something. Yeah. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. So anyway. again, the movie was competently made. It's yeah, more a lot like of the, details. Like the was, script is, we'll get there. We'll get there. It, it, we're coming up on where like the movie kind of does its own flipping on its side and mm. sprawling into nothingness. Yeah, um, the best friend. Um, Leatherface gets almost slashed. gets yeah he he clips her in the leg and then he yeah. gets her in the gut yeah gut meat yeah and then uh, Heather has gotten out and is basically yelling hey yeah. come come after me come after me trying to lead him away and they end up at the is they had talked about a carnival uh, but I would we would later find out it's a Halloween carnival. Yeah, I mean, it's a town carnival, but there were Halloween decorations kind of here and there through the yeah. town, but, like, not prominent, so it wasn't... Yeah. It could be jarring if you weren't looking in the windows behind people talking. Yeah, and now we get our we get our jigsaw cameo, which right. was nice. Um, Heather, climb, running from Leatherface, um, climbs onto a fer- the a Ferris wheel mm-hmm. and is basically just stretching out um, arms above her head she's got um, some great abs yeah it's like Alexandria abs are absolutely on display like the midriff sh- like the shirt oh, midriffing yeah. and um, low hip hop jeans this is a Heather is played by Alexandra Daddario of uh, True Detective season one and San Andreas fame Never saw San Andreas. Oh, that movie's so much fun! Like it's okay. a it's a real legit disaster movie, like gotcha. in the best possible way. For some reason, the trailers made it look like it was going to get too intentionally grim. No, it never. No, no, it, it maintains the silliness throughout. Okay, well, I'll check. And then that. apparently they got along because like she's also in the Baywatch movie with Dwayne nice. as well. Nice. So, I've, you know. I've actually heard that's pretty funny. Is it? Okay, I've never gotten around yeah. to it, but she yeah. has the body for it. God damn it. Um, Which actually that in mind. So her clothes in the front half of the movie, um, it's a black and white striped, uh, not quite a sweater, but like... It's a blouse. There, it's a shirt. It's a, yeah, it's a shirt. Th- it seems like a thicker cotton shirt. Type. That's fair. Uh, but, um, horizontal stripes. Horizontal stripes. And uh, I made the joke partway through because we were discussing. It's like, oh, yeah, um, stripes. Aren't they usually slimming? When and, they're vertical. Yeah. And then I remembered from when I was a Boy Scout uh, taking orienteering classes and the topographical maps are quite specifically where stripes show elevation. Yep. So, like, as a mapping technique. 
technique. No, stripes aren't slimming. No, they aren't. They they accentuated the peaks, right. so to speak. Yeah, but I just I just never realized that I was that wrong about fashion <laughs> in general. Like, it says the man in the uh, silhouette Twin Peaks t-shirt. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, but I'm also wearing shorts, black socks, and slim white shoes. Black socks? Oh, Jesus oh, because Christ. it's 105 degrees outside. Oh God, you're. I'm not smart. Why do you have black socks? Um, they looked comfortable. People, like, I see, like, they're hip now. I see, like, the younger people wearing them, and I don't understand this at all. I literally do not put any thought into my socks, except for comfort. Cool. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway. Uh... But yeah, so she's <laughs> hanging from this Ferris wheel, and with her arms as upstretched as they are, and the shirt pulling so up. She's got pretty good arms. Yeah. Um... It is definitely a cheesecake situation. Oh god! Like there, the sequence was designed designed yeah. around our actress. So she manages to get off of the uh, get off of the Ferris wheel. Leatherface is about to, you know, pull off the coup de gras when uh, Deputy Dipshit pops back up. Scott Eastwood had made an appearance earlier in the film when they were in town getting supplies, and. Uh, he shows up, fires at Leatherface, who throws the chains, whips the chainsaw at him, and then it goes, uh, as a result, it goes at the camera in yep. 3D. Yeah, we watch it come at us in 3D, and then it reverses angle as it flies into the background past him in 3D. So we get we get both sides of it. Yeah. Oh, also... In theory. I don't we know. skipped over the part where Leatherface chopped up the people in the basement. Right. Yeah. 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 They did got like he the does. bodies got dragged off, and then you sort of forget about them. But then like he captures Heather, brings her down to the basement before she gets away later, and um, uh, the hitchhiker guy is still has been dead the entire time, and his leg gets legs get chopped off. But uh, yeah. best friend's boyfriend had still been alive. He gets unceremoniously put on a hook. But it's still a nice effect. Yeah, all yeah. things considered, uh, it's like this is the this is the proper way to show it if we're not doing the uh, clever cuts of the of the original. Right, it's the closest to a good homage on that one that yeah. I've seen. And uh, then when he like tries to attack Leatherface, Leatherface chops him in half horizontal or uh, horizontally yeah. with the chainsaw. And again, it's in three D, and it's a really great effect. Yeah. But that happened 30 minutes prior to the part of the movie that we're at. Yeah. We're actually, no, probably a little bit Maybe later 20. because yeah. I want to say that this carnival is about the midpoint of the movie. I think you're right. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Uh, yeah. It's, we're at the halfway point. not long at all. What was supposed to be in any of the other like riffs this would have been the end of the movie the big carnival sequence where Le- uh, Leatherface comes out yeah, no, we this is the midpoint um, Leatherface gets shot at and runs off into the woods mm-hmm. cops show up Heather's taken to the station um, they have the chainsaw in evidence they have witnesses besides her like plenty of people saw this 6 foot 5 man wearing a skin face and wielding a chainsaw but the mayor is not convinced. Yeah, because he never <laughs> is. I mean, the, not since Jaws. No, the mayor and the mayor had been one of the prominent lynch mob guys at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was we forgot to mention the really great '70s wigs that yeah. half of the cast was wearing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, most of the air quote elders of the town are in the beginning sequence with yeah. beautiful little wigs. Yeah, it, it was. What's great is that they're so bad. 
that you can tell they're bad, even though most of the people are wearing cowboy hats on top of the bad wigs mm-hmm. to try to distract from how bad the bad wigs are. It's because they did. There's almost no makeup on their faces to try to make them look younger. They look right. exactly the same, it's, but with full dark heads of hair. It it's a stark reminder that there is a difference between the makeup department and the special effects makeup department. Yes, they are very very different departments. It was really cute. But so, the mayor is uh, not believing anything, and so when uh, one of the deputies calls from the Carson house the mayor says go inside find out more evidence there's a trail of blood go follow where it goes it goes to wherever the dead body is mayor the blood leads you to whatever it's coming out of which is probably not safe Uh, and the sheriff is you know because the guy's on speaker um, or I guess the wall no it's on a cell phone Uh, it's on a cell phone because he's using a cell phone flashlight Mm -hmm. he's got cell phone flashlight and phone up in one hand gun drawn in the other both held like not a cop yeah Um, but yeah he's tracking through the house and the sheriff is saying, no, don't do that. Wait for backup. Let's get guys out there. We have cops. We have guys. It's actually a whole department here. Yeah. Um, let's, yeah. Mr. Mayor is saying, no, proceed. Mm. Meanwhile, Heather is in, a, is in another room. She's gotten a new shirt. She's gotten a button-down shirt, which she's only buttoned the two buttons that are covering her boobs. Mm-hmm. And the the rest will the rest of the shirt is will be noticeably flowing open throughout mm-hmm. the entire rest of the film. Yeah, and she's left with the evidence box from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I guess in this version of the universe we're referring to the immolation of the Sawyer family. Right. Despite the opening crawl at the original of the original movie saying yeah. that this was famous because of their massacre and their crime spree when the entire you know back when the entire family was systematically hunting people down murdering them and eating them mm-hmm. no what the real tragedy was when this family was lynch mobbed yeah um, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> Heather is going through all of these newspaper clippings and headlines and other scrapbook material that's in the evidence box of the case box. that is sitting on the table of the room. Well, the deputy, it was brought out intentionally. Yes. Brought it in. Um, it was brought in intentionally. It wasn't a coincidence. It was yeah. there. I'm just wondering why so many newspaper clippings are in the evidence box. I don't know if that's normal. Part of the record. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, it's it, it was at least a little goofy to me. Fair enough. But uh, but yeah, she goes over all of this. At least it wasn't microfiche. This is true. Because <laughs> she wouldn't know how to work it. Well, it would have been a big coincidence. Like, oh, and there's a microfiche reader right over here. Yeah. Should have been much more video gamey. Yeah. Yeah. But so she figured, she finds out, like, she, for the, what, what the fifth time? confirms that she's this girl this yeah. missing baby which I feel 
like they said like three or four times at this point. They said it enough that I feel like they were convinced they were going to have to cut at least one of those scenes at some point. Yeah. So they just made sure to mention it enough times that it was covered if they had to lose it somewhere else. Yeah, it's like, and like Alexander Daddario is really like selling this whole like, now I understand I'm one of these people mm-hmm. and the cops killed my whole family. But you know, I'm not gonna dig. But I'm not gonna dig farther into this evidence box of evidence that gets into how why they were, the cops were there in the first place. How they were murdering and eating people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the last stuff that's going on top of the box is the last stuff that they clipped. Yeah, and then case closed. So yeah, like once you get down a couple layers to, oh God, oh God, oh God, no, that's uh, I don't want that to be my family. So she runs off, uh, runs out of the police station at the same time that uh, uh, our on-the-spot deputy is being murdered, but, like, just... He just gets his head crushed so much by Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Leatherface is just going at him with this hammer. It's really... It was an axe. It was an axe, you're right. It was right, an axe, right. but he still does... Well, it was... Oh, is it an axe or a hatchet? It was a I smaller hatchet because yeah. I think he was using like the hammer side for at least at least like to strike him once or twice, and then he's using the yeah. yeah. But yeah, because an axe would be a little bit bigger. I always go back to the kids in the hall sketch. Um, Dave Foley breaks into a house, and it's Kevin McDonald is an older woman, and he's covered in blood, and he's like, "Oh, excuse me, do you have an axe I can borrow? I'm a I'm an axe murderer, and I just kind of out, you know, I the old one broke. Mm-hmm. And oh, well, I have this. Oh, that's a hatchet. I'm more of an you know axe murderer. <laughs> it's it's good ske- good sketch. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, that's it. Always makes me delineate between the two. No worries. And uh, so Leatherface bashes this guy's skull in, but not so badly that he can't take the. Fi- uh, he gets him in the back face. of the skull. He so the back preserves. of the skull. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because gotcha. Leatherface's face is looking a little tired, mm-hmm. and so it's time to freshen up the look. Yeah. And I couldn't tell. Like, did they? Like, he cuts off the police officer's face. And then he puts it off to the side, and then he puts on a new face. But it feels like that had been tanned and leathered like, I think and he aged. Was, maybe he was prepping the next one while he uh, was putting okay. on this. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, he does put on a new face that looks like it's already been tanned and cured. And he puts it on yeah. in new detail. He does sew the face onto his own, like yeah. needle through the cheek, through the mouth, then goes the other way, and really good effect. Like yeah. the tugging, like the tugging, like, like as he's like tugging the string from inside his mouth to out. This the loop on the outside of his <laughs> cheek is tugging just with it, and just a good effect. Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, man. Yeah, they're good, but yeah. Leatherface sews his face on. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, how? Like, it's sort of like the old uh, outtakes of Harrison Ford putting, like, the, uh, like, uh, taking the carpet gun to, oh, to, to, the, to the fedora, and he's yeah. like, there we go, put yeah. it back up. The, the oh, yeah, we kept blowing off in yeah. Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's the only time the hat ever blows off his head in those movies. Yeah. That's awesome. But anyway. Um,. So then she so the mayor decides like okay we got to finish what we started back then, and uh, Heather hooks back up with the uh, the lawyer who gives her even more backstory because mm-hmm. that was what we were missing at this point 
<laughs> yeah. And most of the backstory really just kind of confirms everything we'd put together. Yeah. Um, but and it's or told, she has at this point. Right. But it's definitely explicitly making sure that everyone is aware she's the baby from the beginning. She was raised by other people. She's part of the Sawyer family. Leatherface is real, or Jed. Jed is, his, is her cousin. And he has been raised at that house and hidden in the basement for, you know, since 73. Yeah. 74. 74. Um, but yeah, he's been hidden in the basement, and Verna has been taking care of him all this time. Uh, he has in the basement a picture or the newspaper of the air quote heroes of that day, um, and he's as he kills any, he's scratching their faces out of it. Um, what of which was this uh, police officer who wandered around the basement? Exactly, with nice. um, with a kind of a surfer haircut popping out under his, yeah. or surfer wig yeah. popping out under his <laughs> old hat. He is like a, he is a cue ball in the present. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. It's so funny. should mention that. Um, but yeah, so he finds out all of these things are confirmed and that the lawyer has known about it the whole time. So again, the whole paperwork thing. Thank hey, you. He told her to read the letter. And that's we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to the I wanna end with a letter. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, the movie I, ends with a letter. Well he uh we, we, we gloss over it when uh he fir- when they first drive up to the house they meet with the lawyer, he says like here's all the keys, here's also the documents, and here's a letter from Verna. You should read this letter. Mm-hmm. And then all of that is put to the side. Right. Uh, um, the keys were stolen by keys the stolen. Uh, hitchhiker. She's very, yeah, she very specifically says, my keys are gone. Yeah. Um, but the letter is was completely not ignored. Yeah, no. The letter, the letter was right there where she left mm. it later. But uh, I love that he says, I told you to read the letter. Yeah. So we go through. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, the mayor, so, yeah, the mayor, the mayor and the, the mayor shows up. The bartender points her out. Um, she takes off. The mayor shoves the lawyer, and I think slugs him. Maybe, like yeah. definitely yeah. roughs him up a little. Uh, she gets out. She manages to make a break for it. She gets hit by a car. Hit by a car. Um, it's one of the lackeys. She cuts his face, continues yeah. to run, catches up to the young cop that she had been, yeah, that she'd been by flirting Scott with. Eastwood. They have been trying to make Scott Eastwood a thing since 2013. He was the last thing I saw him in was uh, Fast, uh, F, the Fate of the Furious, uh, and man, it was like a running gag how boring he was in that movie. Mm. Like all I the honestly don't remember him from that. He was little nobody. Okay. Kurt Russell's protege. Because, you know, here's the, here's the sad thing. It's almost positive that had Paul Walker lived, it would have been revealed that, like, Kurt Russell was his long-lost dad. And then that would have made Brian, like, that fu- serve, serving that function in the series. Okay. And the movies would have... Yeah, I don't know why better. that never clicks for me. Oh, yeah, no, because sense. you don't watch these movies repeatedly and excessively. <laughs> because they're stupid as shit. But they're lovely. They're so good. But, and, man, it was, like, it was so crazy. Because, like, prior to Paul Walker's death, if you put a gun to my head and said, what does Paul, what does Paul Walker's function in these movies? What does he bring? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't put it into words. And I honestly can't put it into words now. But you can see the hole 
mm-hmm. where he well, used to be in these movies. It was like a weird tether, maybe, to it all. He was like the like the alpha that he was like the thing that could water down Vin Diesel's presence in the movie and make it palatable. You know, because, like, he was the only guy that was, like, on that same level of character importance where it's, like, Dom couldn't just ignore what Brian was saying. And so Mm -hmm. it was just, like, okay, we're working as a team. And now it's just all Vin all the time. He was the character that wasn't trying to one-up against each other. So now that it's... Now that he's not in the series, they're escalating their characters around each other. so bad. Yeah, still fun. Oh my god, I'll be there if opening day for F10 Fast New Year. Fast 10, colon, your seatbelts. Is that real or no? <laughs> it's not. No, I don't. They haven't announced what it is yet, but how do you not make it fasten your seatbelts? That would be great. It would and be the best thing. Yeah. And it's been announced, right? Like they're, they're oh, doing another one. doing another one. Yeah, I think we're also getting another Hobson Shaw at some point. Nice, that was good because Hobson Shaw is the best Fast and the Furious movie ever made. I still need okay, five after five after yeah, five. Five. F- five is five is legitimately great. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> we're almost there. So she gets yeah, she catches up with a cop. He's like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I gotcha. Hop in the car. She gets in the back. Uh, he starts pulling away and drives past the bar that she has to go back to to talk to the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's my stop. That's my stop. Call comes over the radio. Yeah, that girl's uh, missing. We're trying to track her down. Oh, I got her, Dad. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the sheriff's daughter? Or, yeah, no. You're, you're the, the sheriff's You're son. the mayor's son. Um, that's your name is blank. Hartman. Hartman. You're a Hartman. Yeah. Well, I'm a Sawyer, and then jams a knife through the um, the like, partition. Yeah. The partition in the police yeah. car. Like definitely not really trying to kill him, but no, making but a like, point. Making a point that she has picked her side, mm-hmm. which again is the side of the people that were murdering and eating people. Yeah. The yeah. movie kind of loses its focus in the in the third mm-hmm. act. I think it's it's keeping on the rails that it set itself on. It's just the destination is dubious. I, I don't understand. But Leatherface had been listening to the 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 police radio from the uh, the car that the other deputy had left. And uh, so he knows that everybody is going to the slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. And thus we come to the frustrating nudity factor in this one. Mm-hmm. Now, whereas in the we've, uh, the remake, we've la- yeah, we've laid down some groundwork on. Yeah, go sorry, go ahead. So in the remake, it was frustrating that Jenner, uh, Jennifer Beals, Jessica, Jessica Beals, yeah. excuse me, because uh, she's 30, yeah, uh, yeah. This the, this one was not a steam town girl on a Saturday night, All right, yeah. looking for the fight of her life. Yeah, uh, Jessica Beale was running around in a white tank top in sprinklers and the rain and everything and nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, Heather is wearing, has switched to this button-down shirt. She has buttoned literally the only, the two buttons that are where her boobs are. Uh, Deputy Dipshit drags her kicking and screaming into the sla- into the meatpacking slaughterhouse, ties her up so that she's got, like, one arm... She's uh, Both arms are strung up above her head. Yeah. And then she's, like, kicking at him and swearing at him. He purposefully rips at the two buttons... 
And so her shirt falls open. And there's a couple of things happening here. Number one, Alexandra Dodaro is very well in doubt. Mm-hmm. Number two, she has, for some reason, taken off the bra that was very noticeable when she was wearing the previous shirt. Uh, but also, she appears to have made sure to put on her double-sided tape, because even though her chest is waving all over the place as she struggles... And fights through the rest yes. of the movie. The rest of the movie. The rest of the movie. The shirt is open. The shirt is open, but somehow always just staying, covering up her breasts. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we've gone on record several times. There is nothing wrong with not wanting to do nudity in the film. Absolutely. It's perfectly. It's, it's your personal choice. Mm-hmm. And this isn't There's even no. a franchise known for nudity. It's no, actually it's quite rare in these movies. I know. But what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Either do it or don't. Yeah. I don't need to see the, like, super cleavage here. It's it's not enticing or titillating so much as it is... Frustrating. Um, it's the, I'm not touching you, yes. I'm not touching yes. you. Oh, God. Yeah. And, of course, I am doing the gesture right next to his face there. Ow. And then Either I do it or don't. And there's no wrong answer to either, but... This was the this was a wrong answer mm-hmm. to this situation. It's also this might be a weird jump, and you might not agree. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the remake of the Haunting from the early two thousands. Never saw it. Oh, um, scary, scary, scary haunted house. Everything is dangerous. Everything is deadly, and they kill one character, and it's like they kill Owen Wilson, who was new to the film scene. Everyone else was a bigger name in the movie yeah. than him yeah. at the time. And they kill his character almost in an absent, like, something swings through the frame, takes his head off, and he's gone. Only death in the entire movie. They do one thing one time with no real story or shock value to it. It's just, like, okay, is this a people are in danger movie or is this not? Like, yeah, it's pick something and go with it, but don't, to quote Breaking Bad, no half measures. No half boobies, Walt. <laughs> but yeah, it, this has uh, once again been a scumbag corner with Tom. Pat is playing along, but uh, is not being uh, blamed for any of the things I just said. Yeah. But anyway. But we've both expressed our frustrations. Just, at, if we're doing it, we're doing Let's do it. It's the thing. Yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah. It's a horror movie. Part of it, I, I, I'm not going to... Danny. It's uh, it's also oh I got a joke for you I'll tell you later I got a joke you're gonna love it I got a yeah. joke I got a joke you're either gonna tell me the joke or I'm not gonna care when you do yeah exactly yeah so uh, the uh, Leatherface shows up sneaks up on her as with his uh, sneaking up on skills as evidenced from the next generation yeah as Leatherface for being a six foot tall 200 pound mm-hmm. dude with a giant chainsaw is surprisingly which, stealthy between the rolling van the sneaking up like this movie not just pays strong homage to the first one it really does those first four it yeah. definitely keeps nodding at all of them Including uh, Ninja Skill Leatherface. Ninja Skill Leatherface. And Leather is about to murder her to death finally when he sees the burn mark on her chest, which is this is why the shirt was open, so that they would be unencumbered, mm-hmm. and realizes, oh, you're my long lost cousin. Let's braid each other's hair. Yeah. He says that. <laughs> he sees the S on her chest and they lock eyes and he says Martha then she (laughs) says Martha (laughs) 
forever and a day make fun of that movie. But you know, the goofy, the, the annoying thing about that is that like they go out of their way several times to say Leatherface has you know bull, sub sub average intelligence. Mm-hmm. He's got the intelligence of a, an eight year old. Yeah. Um, he's simple. There are additional words used that I'm not going to use. Yeah, and uh, somehow he's able to make this leap that you know that burn there. Well, that could only have been made by our Sawyer Crest. Yeah. Whatever. So he cuts her free. Uh, and that's when the uh, the lynch mob guys show back up. Mm-hmm. And they're re- they, they, they somehow get the upper hand on Leatherface. I forget how. Uh, just, I guess, numbers. Yeah. Well, there's only, like, three of them. Or, no, it's only two. Because, like, Deputy Dipshit's waiting outside. And um, then it's just the mayor and his one last dude. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, they get the upper hand. They chain Leatherface up, and they're about like they're trying to drag him into this uh, bone or meat grinder. Uh, thing. The shark. The shark. Yeah, it's basically I think the all-purpose the scrapple maker of the. Mm. Um, they call although it's it Texas, scrapple. so I don't scrapple. know what they would. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's all good. You ever hear that new Duncan Imperials song, Gizzard Scrapple and Tripe? No, but I'll have to it's check it out. done to the tune of the Flipper theme song. I'm into it. They call it Scrapple. Scrapple. <laughs> but yeah, it's not the Delmarva Chainsaw Massacre, so I don't know what oh, their God. what their meat chum is in Texas these days. Is that but the pink goo? Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But so, uh... Anyway. Heather is, uh, about, is, like, making her way outside, but then realizes the saw is family, and mm-hmm. goes back and rescues Leatherface. I, she realizes family is family, because, as I mentioned in the movie at one point, technically none of the characters know that this is the Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but yeah, she realizes family, um, like... Like a Fast and the Furious. Family. Mm-hmm. It's just their barbecues are less edible for you civilized people. You one day Vin will be playing Leatherface? Uh, he wouldn't get to talk enough. Not that he's great at talking. Well, I guess the Pitch Black movies, he's not too vocal. No. God damn it. That first Pitch Black mm-hmm. movie is so goddamn good. Um... But yeah, so uh, she realizes family is important. She backs him up. She uh, helps fight the sheriff, and, or not the sheriff, the mayor and his lackey. Yeah, um, I think she takes out the lackey. Does she take out the? Um, I know they just they generally are scrapping. Um, the mayor gets it in the ankles, right? Or yeah. no? Is that the lackey that gets the? No, because Leatherface, uh, the, the the mayor gets knocked over, and Leatherface uh, clips slashes his, Yeah, ankles. he clips his one ankle like Gage does yeah. to Judd in uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And then just full-on gets the other leg, and then gets him over to the shark, where he's hanging on for dear life uh, at the top. It's basically a giant... Um, wood chipper. Yeah. And he's hanging on at the lip of it, and the sheriff gets in, and gun drawn, thinking about it, and basically lets, you know, waits it out until Leatherface cuts the hair off at the wrists, Mm -hmm. slides in, and then just kind of kicks the hands in after it. Yeah, Leatherface does. Yeah. And the sheriff... Clean it up. Yeah, puts his gun away and says, clean this mess up, and leaves. Yeah. 
Somehow in the middle of all that, the, the lackey got killed. Too. Yeah, but I mean... Leatherface probably killed the lackey. Yeah. I forgot. But, um... So then, uh, Heather leads Leatherface. You know, I've only just, like, only in saying it over and over again, I, I'm getting that they named her Heather for, like, Heather and Leatherface. Heatherface? Heatherface. Uh, yeah, I think they were trying to make some sort of connection there. Yeah, some sort of a benefit type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He leads her... She leads him back to the house. She cleans him up. She finally reads the letter, which is... Uh, uh, we see a flashback to Verna writing the letter, and we hear her uh, reading it out loud. And she's played by Marilyn Burns, mm-hmm. Sally Hardesty from the original film. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, uh, "You know, I've always known where you were. I thought it was safer for you to be out there, but now that I'm dying, it's uh, I have to give you everything that you're due, including the responsibility if you choose mm-hmm. to look it's, after your cousin Jedi. Yeah, it's totally up to you, but." When you get to the house, in the basement, there's a metal door behind that metal door. I know, by the way, these keys open that door. Yeah. Is your cousin. Who is a monster. Yeah. Who is, yeah. And it explains all of it. Everything. Everything. Everything that was a surprise through the course of the movie was in that letter. If she had just opened it, her friends would all be alive. This is like when... uh, Go on. Yeah, literally none of the movie would have happened had she opened that letter. And she could have taken care of Leatherface and just he would have been just the the scary man in the basement but not out killing people. Yeah. Um, Or she could have gone to the cops, which would have been, you know... A bad bad choice. A bad choice, but an option. But there would have been... Most of the choices would have resulted in far less people, especially in her life, that had been brutally murdered through the course of this. Yeah. Like, it's kind of on her for putting off her mail. And I think that is the important lesson of this that movie. That is the lesson. Always Check your, your messages. Mail. Check your mail. Yeah. yeah. Don't let email pile up. You don't know what's important in there. It, it reminded me of the bit in... Um, <laughs> The Batman 89 movie. Mm-hmm. There's a, a... After the news broadcast where we find out that Joker has uh, infected everything with Smilex poison, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Wayne's at, at Stately Wayne Manor. He turns the television off and Alfred presents him with the file on Jack Napier that he had asked for. And if you look, it's a blink and you'll miss it thing. You have to be looking very closely. But... There's a picture that's obscu- partially obscured of a young Jack Napier, and you can you can make out clearly that it is the guy in the in Bruce's flashback later. Oh. And if he had just looked at that, he would have immediately understood who this guy was. Uh, Actually, no, it probably wouldn't have changed any of the events of the movie, but it would have been like he would have known that it was the same guy earlier. Gotcha, yeah. And it kind of reminds me of that, but, you know, Mm. this was much more disastrous. But then she uh, she takes up the burden and uh, locks him back up and... uh, Gets the, the food tray and yeah, um, she yeah she takes away the food tray implying she's gonna get him dinner, and he slides closed the metal door homage to the original. Yep. Uh, the end. The end. And then bad screamo rock. Yeah. But I don't even credit know song that to I, a movie. I don't even know that I have any opinion on this film. I've in, I enjoyed this one the most since at least four. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely an enjoyable film, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I think about it. Um, it was much more competently made than 
honestly any since Toby Hooper. This is the most competent one I don't know. since two. I don't think three was that bad. Three wasn't that bad. Three was not quite... I like this one more than three in most regards, but three wasn't that bad. And honestly, four, I was much more warm to this go-through than I had been previously. I don't, I don't think I'd ever actually seen it all the way if... Remember. I I, but, th- I think I like the pl- the plot and the characters more in three, and I like the utter insanity of four more than this. This it's is definitely a blend my, of the two. Like, kinda, if they were a Neapolitan, this one would be in the middle. I don't know. No, I think three is just better. All right, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, definitely these are. This one's better than the Platinum Dunes. Oh God! Efforts. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was interesting. It was. It was fun. Yeah. Um, good effects. Kept moving in a way that wasn't completely predictable. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, some good sequences. Well shot. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. The sympath making the Sawyer family sympathetic is so bizarre. It and is just I don't. That's the giant it. hiccup, and this is kind of like um, when we were going back to Amityville stuff of the ones that use the DeFeos. Yeah, it's a it, for you. It's a much bigger hurdle than it is for me. Yeah, we both are not fans of it, but for you, I know it really it bothered. Just, me. Yeah, I thought it was disgust. Like there was just a level of classlessness, right. classlessness to it. Yeah, that bothered me, but yeah. It's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's like maybe the family that was murdering and eating people, they're the real victims. It's like, what? What? I feel like the beginning of the movie, yes, the towns, like the townspeople are terrible. They are. I, I, I think they should have faced like real justice, like legal justice, not right. not lynch mob justice. But Jesus. but that's and that's the thing is like them being evil in the beginning. It's still the Sawyer family, and we still see the events of the original movie yeah. in the credits to say like they did this shit. This is why the cops are here. That Heather didn't get that story is I think where it really hits the hiccup. Because if she knew that they had killed that many yeah. people, she could make a more informed decision. Um, yeah, but, like, I don't think that the movie gave them a pass. I don't think that the movie was actually saying uh, they were no. good guys. No, the, no, it does not. You're right. Yeah. It's just saying that other people evil as well, so if you got to take sides, you still probably shouldn't. Uh, that's where I'm going. You, you should not. <laughs> There's no, like, yeah, it's all like we were saying, like when we were watching it. You said this, like maybe the sheriff, who was against the lynch mob at the beginning, and is now you know letting that kind of get corrected mm-hmm. to a degree. But yeah, but if, okay, it would have if it had been all the stuff that it had been, but was making it like a challenge to the audience like who do you side with this yeah in this situation but I don't think the movie was interested in what which side the audience took really or they they no they were clearly trying to make the Sawyers the sympathetic party they were trying to make Leatherface the sympathetic one the Sawyers, not so much, but Leatherface was, I think, in, uh, the way it was presented here, <laughs> Leatherface was simple and was a tool of them, so he was taught by them to be the killer he was. 
I'm just I'm tr- I'm trying know, to sort it out. I'm not actually advocating. I'm not trying. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not gonna gonna like go I don't too know. hard at yeah for this. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying to sound it out. Hell? Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous this movie. And now we're just down to two. Oh wow, yeah. There, there's like some rando one in 2017 that exists but I don't think the horror community really ever even acknowledged it I don't remember hearing much about it no it's just like but we remember that it was there and then we have the uh, the Netflix one mm-hmm weird and then uh, and we gotta figure out what we're doing next or, yeah. well first we gotta check if there are any other any new Amityville. there's gotta be some new Amityvilles in between but we'll find out we'll and find out yeah we'll mm. sort that out I, I've, I, like every time I'm in the Walmart I'm like any new popping up available no okay cool 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 mm-hmm. but that means nothing really no not so much <laughs> it's not a definitive but we'll figure it out but uh, yeah mm-hmm. until next week uh, get out yeah if you want to interact with us online you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com 